Murdoch's playing guitar. He just asked me if I've ever tuned my guitars down a half step. Dude, I came of age in the late 90s, and I listened to the Goo Goo Dolls, so of course I tuned my guitars down half step. Like, I tuned them into the weirdest tunings, because despite what you think about Johnny Resnick and the Goo Goo Dolls, that was like his thing was weird tunings. Did you know that? No, I mean, that's like a Metallica thing. So all Metallica of those, goes a half step down. Yeah. So th- he didn't necessarily do a half step down, but he did a lot of open tunings. That's all those, like everything on Dizzy Up the Girl is a weird open tuning. Wow. So he has to change. And it's a weird fact about me. I've seen the Goo Goo Dolls play music a lot. And I, I even saw Johnny do a solo set at a derby party several years ago, which was like a highlight of my life. It was amazing. And uh, he was... I mean, he has to change guitars every song. And I remember even in the late nineties and early two thousands, when I saw them a lot, you just, you knew that there was going to be a stage hand walking on stage between every single song. Because if you think about like, if you listen to songs like black balloon and all of that intricate acoustic work, that's all in open tunings. So to play any of those songs, including name, but especially the stuff on Dizzy Up the Girl, you're doing open Ds and open C sharps and like all kinds of weird stuff where he's not strumming the guitar a whole lot. I mean, he is strumming the guitar a lot, but he's not making chords. He's a lot of one finger Johnny on a lot of that stuff. I remember I saw the Goo Goo Dolls, Third Eye Blind and Vanessa Carlton. And I remember very specifically that I wanted to kick my own ass that I came to that show. Dude, because dude, I this is where we, that I, this is that, where we so. separate and it all, it really has to do with the nine years between us. Okay. <laughs> it really I does. Um, I know. I, when I saw the Goo Goo Dolls like in, Oh my God. What year was it? It was 1996. And they, they even played, it was the year that they, they were still playing. I could never take the place of your man. They were like sugar Ray. They were still kind of like a metal band. They're like a rock band playing rock songs. I was like, the goo goo dolls are crazy. Dude, those, and then, uh, and those goo goo dolls records, the early goo goo dolls records are heavy, but what they started yes. to do was there was a song on superstar car wash, which was before name or anything called girl right now next to me and it was like so the whole record's heavy and then they do this acoustic ballad so people think name is where they jumped but they actually jumped before that because girl right next to me is one of their greatest tunes and i'll send you a link later because you'll be you'll like it in spite of yourself because you like melody and well-written tunes but it's uh yeah. it's fantastic and then they slowly realized the money was with the acoustic guitar so they started putting everything in open tuning and yeah they've gotten totally cheesy and johnny resnick has had so much plastic surgery i don't know how he affords it all but yeah the songs still hold up i heard uh i mean i don't know if you're watching the boys do you watch the boys on amazon no but i know all about it and i just haven't watched it i love it and there is a a joke on in season two around the character the deep which is like the fake aquaman and he gets kicked out in season one out of the big group out of like the the fake justice league because he's sexually harassing people and so there's this whole thing in season two about his his recovery and self-discovery and part of it involves him listening to the Goo Goo Dolls at high volumes which is really really funny so hats off hats off to the folks who wrote the boys because you see me and I appreciate it I'll tell you one thing that the pandemic has has made me start doing that I did not used to do very openly I was not a rewatcher. are you a guy that rewatches the same thing over and over I, I I used to a long time ago watch movies over and over, 
I don't watch television shows over and over. There's a couple movies, right? Like yeah. I, I can watch Goodfellas anytime, any day. <laughs> it, it, like doesn't matter. It's kind of you know, or, or Pulp Fiction, really. To be honest, well, some people are like oh, you got to get in the mood for that. I'm like, I'm pretty much in the mood to watch that anytime. My wife so rewatching stuff. My wife and my daughter both will rewatch stuff over and over and over. My wife's always been this way. She loves as much as like you and I like to put on some rock and roll when we're doing something, cleaning the house or hanging out. Let's put on some rock and roll. She likes to have the noise of the TV in the background, right? So she will watch the same series over and over because it's comforting. And she said she likes to know like the visuals already in her head, right? So if she's working on something, it's like she's watching it, but she's not watching it. She's just hearing it because she's seen it before, which huh. is interesting, but it's not the way I live. I prefer to take these things experientially, have the experience once or twice and be done with it. But this is, I have reached a point of my, I think it's a combination of my age with creeping sentimentality uh, and also uh, a little bit of this pandemic life of like, I need something that feels comforting and comfortable. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I have I have put on a few things recently that I just find myself the the one this year when when we talk about year end list this is going to have to be on a year end list for me as far as movies it's not a movie anyone liked and very few people have seen but it's this movie called the Aeronauts on Amazon have you seen this it's about no, hot air ballooners in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> And you like this? Really? It's I don't know why, Mark, but it has Eddie Redmayne in it, and it has Felicity Jones, who I love. I'm in love with Felicity Jones, and I don't know why. I don't I, like. There is something about her. It's not really even the way she looks. There's just something like she's very British, not my type. But I love her, and I love her in this movie. But I love this movie. This movie is about these. It, it's very loosely based on a true story. It's not really very accurate at all. Um, but it's basically about this guy who uh, is convinced that he can take his hot air balloon really high up in the air. <laughs> and, and it's, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I can't sell it because it's not worth selling. But there's something about the the salve on my soul that it is that I put it on a lot of times at night. Like it's very comforting. The other movies that have been this way for me that I've pulled out recently is, is do you remember, this is very different than the Hot Air Balloon movie, Drive with Ryan yes. Gosling? Yeah. What's sure. your What's your opinion of that movie? Eh, that's how I feel about that movie. When was the last time you watched it? I watched it, I don't know, it was like on Amazon or Netflix or something, and I was just, it was like one night I was actually up by myself and I watched it. So I, it's the I aesthetic, it's the aesthetics for me, right? Like, so about three quarters of the way through, it turns very violent. But up to that point, it's mostly oh, yeah. Ryan Gosling in that leather jacket with those gloves with the scorpion on the jacket, and he's driving around to like like synth pop, like you know what I'm talking about, like really atmospheric 80s synth pop, and I dig it, dude, I dig it. I just rewatched two things that are very funny because I, I need some comforting for God's sakes. Um, so Halloween was nice. We just did. It's like we had two other kids over and they watched a movie in our garage and then the adults sat around, you know, out, way out behind a, a fire and got loaded. And then that's what we did. But and then we didn't watch any Halloween movies, really. So the next night, I was like, I asked everyone in the house. I was like, "Hey, would you guys like to watch a movie?" I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, and everyone's trying to figure out what to watch. It's like, well, I know what we're going to watch. We're going to watch a Halloween movie. I want to watch, and the Halloween movie I wanted to watch was Ed Wood. So oh. I I get to watch Ed Wood by myself. Um, <laughs> everyone leaves the room. <laughs> You're like, hey, everybody, family night, and then everyone just gets up and leaves. <laughs> no, no, no one was into this at all, and I adore that movie. I adore that they didn't really know, like 
Tim Burton and Johnny Depp didn't really even know what what Ed would actually talk like, but they got they had some info, and and so that's how you get that that character that where that's that's why I like to like to wear women's clothing. That whole thing that that Johnny Depp does is it's a little put on. You don't really know what it is. But George the animal steal the wrestlers in the movie, uh, and so's Bill frickin' Murray for God's sakes. But what I watched. So I've, I've been in quarantine because I was I, I, a friend of mine had tested positive for COVID and I don't see many people and I see him about once every three weeks or so. And he's he's very conservative with everything as well. Um, and he got it and, and no one else in his family got it. And oh, he's wow. seen like everyone else and his wife's family. And, you know, and it's uh, and so I, I got I, I went and got tested for it. So. But I spent a night, two nights quarantined, and I watched another classic uh, to get my hopes up, my to cheer myself up, which was Bad Teacher with Cameron. Oh Diaz. yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that, but I remember that being fun. Yeah. And now I want to put it like, like sort of imprinted over my wife's work because my wife works at a school, and now it, like it just. <laughs> I mean, this is what it's like, yeah. right? It's like when I watch ER and my sister worked in the hospital. I'm like, like this is what your life's like, right? You you go to work every day. It's just like Scrubs, you know, JD and Turk, correct? And it's, there's that first day when Cameron Diaz, you know, after well, I want the beginning of the movie is really the best part, but she's in class and she it's the first day of school and she goes, "Have you guys ever seen Stand and Deliver?" <laughs> and she goes, "Edward James almost." <sighs> she's like. You and you go get a TV and bring it up here. Uh, forgot and like, about that. And that's when you find out she's like a terrible teacher, the worst. Uh, Getting stuck in the parking lot, teacher. One one more rewatchable thing that I'll suggest, and I don't rewatch TV shows in bulk, but I have gladly reimmersed myself in Red Oaks, which was an early Amazon exclusive product that came out in 2014. I watched it probably four or five years ago, and loved it. And I will I will recommend it like this to you it is like a three season long john hughes movie um but it's got it's about a kid coming back i think after his sophomore year of college and working in a country club in 1986 uh to make money over the summer and the people that he runs around with and meanwhile he's watching he it's just really about him figuring out how to be an adult um, and so there's a relationship that he's in that he's that he's mirroring up against his parents relationship which has always been very dysfunctional um, and Richard Kind is in it and Jennifer Grey plays his mother it's great to see her in something Seth Meyers brother Josh which who knew is a reoccurring character who is very very cheeseball and hilarious and a lot of fun so I highly recommend Red Oaks if you are looking for a new show to binge uh, it is exactly what we need in 2020 1986 at a country club is exactly what we need in 2020 i i really i really do watch a lot of documentaries and uh and there's a kind of a cool but kind of creepy but awesome one that's about the price is right you have you seen no. it's called it's called perfect perfect bid the ma- the contestant who knew too much i really wanted you to tell me it was called price is wrong bitch <laughs> No, but I can't wait to watch Happy Gilmore, and I'm going to do it this weekend. <laughs> Suck it, 2020. So, uh, have you watched UB Halloween? Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah, really weird. Uh, so, so, but you, you really – perfect. I watched it again, and actually I watched it with the family, 
and so it was weird because you know it's like i thought i thought it was kind of interesting and cool and then i got to watch it with the family and it's like ah, this guy's kind of creepy but anyway it's this math teacher super nerdy guy and he he watches the prices right you know religiously enough to where at one point he makes this eight bit like video game that he uses to catalog all of the prizes so he can play it against himself, like against the computer. And then eventually you get to see like later, like as he gets older, how like he doesn't have like an Apple II, like what he's doing, but he, he always wanted to be on the show and he would get in line and wait to get in line. He would always, always not get in to the show. It took him like over two dozen times standing in line, like wearing a shirt with a sticker with his name and trying, you know, trying to get up there to talk to the ta- the, the casting person. And, uh, and then you get to see him at the very beginning where he's like, I'll start the bidding with you, Brian. And he's like, $1,500. Like it shows him at the beginning and he, he gets into the show and he doesn't get on stage, but he's just yelling the prices at everyone. And it takes <laughs> episodes and episodes before someone finally listens to him. And then Bob sees him and recognizes him and actually like, you know, he, they, he knows he knows his name like at some point like they find out who he is and everything but it's not about just him there is an actual real controversy that happened in the show after the year after bob left and ted the math the math teacher was accidentally involved in it he had already been on the show but could no longer be on stage because he had, he he got on stage once but then they were your band you couldn't do it ever again you only got to do it once so but he happened to be there in the audience when there was another big controversy with this this man who won both showcases with the perfect bid have you ever seen the episode of price is right where the lead singer of kill switch engage made it onto price is right um no just google google kill switch engage price is right and you're welcome all right, I'm ready for that. Did you ever see the the video of the girl and her boob falls out while she's running down the aisle? That's that's what I saw when I was a kid. I don't know why, man. I just remember hearing that, and I know why because you were a kid. You're like, I need to see that. <laughs> you know, like now they would never show anything like that. Like, here's a this next clip is a girl whose shirt just pops right off. Like that's not going to make it anymore. Oh my lord. Uh, okay, so uh, Story Guys is a fake game show where we tell each other stories and we then decide uh, who has the best one, and they get a ton of fake points. It's really it's very simple. Um, so today um, we start the uh, conversation with a story starter, which is based typically because we're both music nerds on a song title. What I have done today is I have grabbed a list of NXS songs. What are your thoughts on NXS? Do you love NXS like I do? Yeah, and I like Michael Hutchins. I I mean, I, I could have if I'd have been there. <laughs> I recently uh, heard like earlier NXS than I was used to hearing. Like I'm definitely used to like the more late 80s, early 90s NXS. And I heard like early 80s punk rock NXS. And I was like, this is this is my stuff. So yeah. I'm going to put Don't Change in the, in the hat. Because that's the song where I was like, this is amazing. Um, let's go ahead and throw Never Tear Us Apart in there. Uh, Need You Tonight. Mystify What You Need, A New Sensation. You ready? Yes. And by the way, the most awesome uh, Goo Goo Dolls do a great 
cover of Don't Change? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate how you're bringing the Goo Goo Dolls back into this conversation. Okay, let's see what we got. Uh, okay, we're doing What You Need. Oh, oh, great. What You Need. I got it. I, I got a story for this. I, you know, this is funny. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but I have two children. Both of them uh, came from my wife, not from me. No, uh, you know, we, there were two pregnancies, right, in our relationship. And I am curious about the pregnancy that you were a part of and if any of this lines up, but there was a very, a thing that I'd heard about called pregnancy cravings. Yeah, and I was sure. like, how real are these things, right? So like with my second kid, my wife was really into uh, sausage, gravy, and biscuits. And there was a lot of like, at the time, there was a really crappy diner really close to my house, as you'll remember, that yeah. RIP, Barbara Lee's. Um, and so I went to Barbara Lee's a lot, and that place was really gross. But I, I realized that I would I would go after 10 p.m., I would ask for uh, biscuits and gravy, and then I would also get meat, like I'm going to get her something, so I got to eat with the pregnant lady, right? That's just what you're supposed to do. And so I'd, I would get hash browns. Salad. Oh, sorry. No, I would get hash browns loaded with chili, cheese, and I mean, you couldn't order them because it wasn't Waffle House. You couldn't order them uh, smothered and covered or whatever they do there, but it was basically, that was the idea, right? Chili, cheese, onions, the whole thing. And, and I would go and they would be very nice to me. Very nice to me. And I would come home and be like, they were so nice to me when I got this food for you. And my wife would open it up and realize there was one set of silverware. And she was like, you know why they were so nice to you? Because they thought you were eating all of this and you were on drugs. <laughs> so they were just making sure that. <laughs> but when my first kid was born uh, or before she was born, my wife, who does not like hot dogs or corn dogs, got very into corn dogs. There was like all she wanted to eat. And I would go to Sonic and I would get her corn dogs all the time. And there was a particular time where, and, and during this time, we were very strapped for cash. We were young. We had kids young. We were in our early 20s. I was working in radio. She was working at a like boys and girls club or something. I mean, we were making no money. And we had decided to go to this like street festival that was in the town that we were living in at the time. And we had plotted how much money we felt comfortable spending at the street festival. So we go and we're walking down and we, we get very quickly in the throes of this festival is a corn dog booth and they have giant corn dogs, huge ones, biggest corn dog I've ever seen. I mean, you know, I'm sure it was like a foot, foot and a half or whatever. It was big. And we're like, that's what we'll do. We'll split this corn dog. So we get the corn dog and we get the mustard and it's like, they bring it out of the fryer and it's, oh, it's just, it's a work of art. You know what I'm talking about. Don't don't make that face. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Who doesn't like a corn dog? Yeah. So <laughs> be nice to the pregnant lady. So I hand it to her. And as I'm handing it to her, I hear my friend coming down the street. Hey, a friend of ours. And we start talking. And I turn and I start talking to Elisa. Talking, 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 talking. I realize Deborah's not being very communicative during this conversation and she's a little bit behind me so i turn at one point to like make sure she's in the conversation and i look back and remember we were going to split this corn dog the stick is empty and she has got it at her face and she's like 
<laughs> she ate the whole corn dog. It was so big, man, and it was my dinner. And then I didn't have. No, I'm sure. I'm sure we found food for me to eat. But uh, I will never forget the like the deer in the headlights. I've totally been caught. Look that I turned around to. Like while I'm think I'm being social and having this friendly conversation with somebody who has walked up to us in this street fair, and then World War Three is happening between her mouth and this corn dog next to me, man. Just like <laughs> shrapnels flying. <laughs> Did I ever talk about the country ham? Um, so uh, country ham, a uh, big part of my life. I probably ate it for breakfast uh, every day. As soon as <laughs> I had to start sitting at a table with my parents to eat, uh, it was a fried country ham and then the scrambled eggs cooked in the country ham grease with oh. uh, biscuits and Yum. gravy. That is every some ten- day. I mean, that is everything that I feel about Tennessee that I might not actually have confirmed that that is it right there. It pretty much is. So my, my, uh, grandfather, my father's father, uh, Morgan had a, uh, a salt box and a smoke, like in a, uh, a smokehouse. So they used to get hams and they would, uh, hang them in the smokehouse and they'd have this salt box and it was absolutely disgusting. And, uh, and that's, and so that's where the hams were. And so for a long time, my dad used those like, uh, you know, mules or drugs or whatever. He would give them to police officers so that his truck drivers didn't get any speeding tickets up and down I-65. Um, and then I grow up, I'm older and I go to college. And one thing I'd never, ever took ever, ever advantage um, or took for granted ever was the fact that every now and then if I, I did get home, I'd get loaded up with a cooler full of sliced country ham all in individual <laughs> Ziploc bags. So that I, is, hold on. That is such a visiting your family thing, right? Like it still, does this still happen to you where like you go and your, your mom is like, here's some food, take this plastic bag. My dad, who is 67, almost, yeah, I was 67. He, uh, goes and sees his 93 year old mother and he will come back with like grocery bags of stuff that she'll send him with. Oh, no way. Yeah. My parents stopped doing that stuff, man. Um, <laughs> there's no food coming back out of there. I remember the first time I came home and I was like, and they're like, is there anything you want? I was like, it's just makes up country ham or whatever. And I came home and I was like, it's shit's from Kroger's. What is this? Um, <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so, um, it, I mean, absolutely super delicious and I can eat it at any meal right now. Um, and at one point, at one point, I remember I realized I could make like burritos out of them. Like, oh my gosh, it's just ham. amazing. Country ham burritos. Yeah, how about the fusion with this boy? Anyway, so <laughs> that's a Top Chef challenge gone terribly wrong. I know. Country ham is, is the sorry. Anyway. I, I made a little bit of a Latino flair on country ham burrito. With what? <laughs> with the creme fresh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I got I got to get us to this story. Jeez. So anyway, we would um, we'd have country ham, and I'd have it in my freezer, and really easy to thaw, warm up. So in college, 
of uh, my apartment ended up being, I ended up, I lived with my, my roommates when I was in the dorm and then we got an apartment and then I, I moved into an apartment by myself, which ended up being an apartment where there were more people at than the apartments I lived in where there were actual other roommates. So, but at the end of the night, sometimes with my instigation or sometimes with someone else would run around and they would say, Hey, do you want to go back to Murdoch's apartment? He'll make us breakfast. Or I'll say, Hey, do you want to go back? I'll make some country ham, <laughs> scrambled eggs. And people will be like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, you either, you're going to take that. You're going to be like, sure. Or you're going to be like, what the hell are you taking breakfast for? It's like, all right, well, screw you, butthole. Hey, who else wants to eat? <laughs> um, who else wants a meal? So I would, and I would, it's not like I had like paper plates, man. So I would cook up country ham and, and then serve it up and have everybody have like little steak knives, like for a dozen or so people. And there's the, the ham was so salty that like after drinking like, you know, a 10 kamikazes or whatever Long Island iced teas or whatever kind of insanity redneck buttholes what we did um you'd walk into my apartment just dead sober man that salt would just <laughs> penetrate the alcohol that was flowing into your liver and then soak that stuff up and like that is it man no hangover nothing what you're telling me is that while i might have had waffle house your friends had murdoch's house that's right man that is steak <laughs> But a ham steak. Ham, ham steak. I love it because it's also like totally like a guy from from tiny town in Tennessee comes to big city college and you just confirm all the stereotypes of all your yeah. city slicker friends. Like, ah, Murdoch, that redneck, he's got a freezer full of country ham and he's going to throw it. At and then and that's when you learn to accept people who are different than you. You're like, that's I, correct. I, and I see the advantages here. Yeah, and I had learned to accept them because I'm like, what the hell you mean you don't have country ham off in a cooler in your apartment? <laughs> what do you got? You eat like Ben and Jerry's rice? Like what kind of like newfangled hippie living is this? I love this idea of you being like the the having a um, kiss the chef uh, apron and just yelling at people to get out of your kitchen. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Man, I miss that apartment too. That was a super fun little place. Remember uh, the uh, Mandalorian, right? Is on now, and in Empire Strikes Back, Boba Fett has that ship, and that's the one where he he gets frozen Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In it. I had that thing in my that apartment, and someone <laughs> opened it up and stole the Han Solo out of my oh. Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, so I think you get at least 15 points for that story i don't know if you right. win but you, you i'm gonna throw at least some points at you i like your story better i mean be i'll take 20 points but you get 15 points for for this idea of, of you like i'm picturing you at 20 but still looking exactly like you do right now uh in a in a kiss the chef uh weird um kiss the cook apron i'm so excited about that um, yeah. all right man that's how it works and uh, you can get involved in the show we are the story guys.com to email us or we are the story guys uh at, i'm sorry we are the story guys at gmail.com to email us or you can check us out online our other show rock and roll bedtime stories and all the things we're up to at we are the story guys.com um buddy keep telling stories hang in there man much love Thanks for listening to Story Guys. Find out more about the guys, read stuff they write, listen to their other podcasts, and book them for your conference or house party by hitting up their website. We are the storyguys.com. 
Copyright 2020 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.